Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as host Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Welcome to this week's show where we give you honest opinions and no nonsense. Gino, one year. Happy anniversary <laughs> to you. It's been a year. Happy. I know. It's, it's been crazy already. 52 shows. And, you know, we got to give a big thank you to I mean, all the listeners out there. We don't have a show if it's not for the people that are downloading, that are listening. And we've been really excited because... We've noticed in the last month or two, the numbers have really started going up. So maybe you and I are just getting better at this or, or maybe we're figuring out the right topics or whatever it is, a combination of, uh, of some trial and error. Um, we got to thank everyone out there for tuning in and listening. And, you know, you and I are only one piece of this, Mike. We, we are what we are because of the people that listen and also because of the great guest list that we've been able to have. And I think a lot of that has to do with you and a lot of the connections that you've made through the years. But we have an incredible Rolodex of guests, and we're going to tweet it out later on. Just because once you look at the, the list of guests we have, it's even more impressive from uh, former athletes to writers, reporters, handicappers, analysts, um, coaches, Olympians. Um, you name it, we've had them on this show. So um, we the show really wouldn't be anything if it wasn't for all of the – Awesome people that we've had either listening, downloading, and then all the amazing guests that we've had come on sharing their talents and their information and their smarts with us, man. We've been really, really lucky. Absolutely. I kind of want to echo a couple of the things that you said. Absolutely. Thank you to all the listeners. Really, really appreciate it. We love the interaction, whether it be on social media, whether it be you know, calling in, emailing or uh, participating in the contests that we've had. Those have been a lot of fun. We're going to do more contests as well. So, you know, keep your eye out for that. Uh, you know, big thank you also behind the scenes to like Matt with Voice America and all oh, the yeah. people with uh, engineering, yep, engineering and sound. And then Cheryl Bernard with Beverly Hills Webs, who handles all of our uh, web and graphics and, and all that stuff. Uh, you know, so and definitely the guests. And like you said, awesome handicappers, both sports and horses. You know, uh, obviously, one of the things that people gravitate towards the show about are the guests, like you said. And, you know, I know, do know that. TVG is, is not just the only source for horse racing, you know, uh, on, on TV or on cable, you know, for the most part, right, uh, on a daily basis. But also it's about their personalities, too. So having guys like Sarge and Todd Shrupp and Weaver and, you know, it's a long list of TVG personalities that we've had. I know that's been, been really, really liked. I know what's also been enjoyed are all the current and ex-athletes, NFL guys, baseball guys, etc. cetera. Um, I personally love reading The Athletic. And we've had oh, a man, tremendous we've... number of people from the athletic. And here's the funny thing. We've actually had guests during this last year that were not a part of the athletic. That are now, that now part, of the athletic. Are part of the athletic. Like Greg Almond from Tampa. He just joined the athletic the other day. Arif Hassan, who used to cover the Vikings for a, a, a local uh, website and publication. Now he's with the athletic. I mean, that's to see them grow and we're kind of growing with them. So big. And. Awesome. I mean, they continue to add on big names after big names. So that is one of, the, in my opinion, one of the best information because 
you know the way that I like to look at information. I, I like to deep dive, and you're going to get as much possible. Honestly, I, we're not selling you on things that we we have no reason to. It's just stuff that we use for our own, um, you know, for our own research purposes and for our own, um, you know, handicapping or whatever going forward. So uh, that was a great resource that we were able to use, um, kind of getting in touch with some of the folks from the athletic. They've been incredible. I know I've gotten a lot of feedback that some of the listeners really like the guests that we've had the opportunity to come on a lot, you know, they really start to to get comfortable with the Craig Milkowski, Scott Shapiro, the Parlay Queen, Monique, Sarge, Andrew Champagne. We've been very lucky that we're able to have a great relationship with some of our friends of the show that come back every couple of weeks to talk more racing or more football or uh, whatever it happened to be. And definitely a shout out to some of the, the listeners. And as you mentioned, the contest um, that we've had that were really fun. We've had we've developed really good relationships with Joe Q, uh, with the Profster, and with Beth uh, Foster. I know Lisa out there listens all the time. Lisa Wickham, Steph Starfish, a couple of my buddies, James and Matt. They would call in when we were talking Pittsburgh Steelers or uh, or the Eagles last year. So just a big thank you to everyone who's been a part of the show in any way, shape, or form. Because it, you and I could sit here every day of the week, Mike, and talk for an hour. But if nobody's listening and if we don't have other people calling in, it would really be no fun at all. So um, we, we'd, I think for me going forward, I'd even love more if we could get, you know, tweets and um, Facebook messages and emails and some more calls involved. Because I think that's what's really great about our show. And one thing that we talked about from day one when you came to me was this show really doesn't have a template. You know, we're going to be able to tweak it and, and we're going to be able to massage it a little bit to whatever the listeners want to hear. Because that's what's nice is, you know, we're, we're going to talk sports with you, but we're not just a, a baseball or a basketball or a horse racing or a football podcast. We'll, we'll hit whatever you want to hear. We'll talk about whatever. We'll bring on whatever, whoever guests you would like to hear from. And that's what's great is that we really have a pretty flexible and wide open format. Yeah, no doubt about it. And for those of you, and we're going to get a little bit more into, you know, some personal content here and a little bit more about our history in the sports industry and things of that nature. But I'm sure many of the listeners remember Gino. First, first memories of Gino uh, were from TVG. And one of the things that really stood out about his segments on TVG more than any other personality or handicapper on the show was that he had the most socially interactive show of anyone on there, read the most emails on the air, got the most tweets, uh, you know, had the most interaction with people that, that were out there. And it's a building block. And hopefully we'll kind of develop that type of rapport with the listeners out there because that's fun for us too. Yeah, You know, it's really, really enjoyable when we're interacting with listeners, even debating sports or sharing analysis and selections and things of that nature. And that kind of segues into one of the questions that I had for you, Gino, which is, you know, what are what are the things that have surprised you over the last year? And what are the things that you've really liked over the last year? Um, well, I got to be honest, I was really, really impressed with some of the guests we've been able to get, because I think a lot of people don't realize, you know, this is we have Matt, who is producing us from Voice of America, but. Um, this is you and me. We don't really have a PA or we don't really have any, you know, Cheryl does the website for us, but we don't have, um, people helping us get guests or people, um, helping us with sound bites or anything else. It's kind of, you know, you and I decide what we're going to talk about and, and how we're going to move forward. So I've been 
really impressed with some of the people we've been able to lock down. I mean, from right off the bat, from day one, um, the guest the guest list for me is what I think has always been impressive. And moving forward, I would love to continue to build on that. And what I, I always like is I like the contests. I like when we're able to have contests, when we're able to do polls, when we're able to, just like you said, get as many people interacting, get as many people's opinions as possible. I always think that, you know, you get a, a, um, a comment from someone or a thought, and that can kind of transition you into another thought or another topic. So um, anyone out there, if you ever see us uh, with a tweet or a, a post, we'd love for you to respond to it because it really does help us. And then, you know, we can we can uh, talk about or pick your brain a little bit and see what's, uh, what you're interested in moving forward. And uh, I'm excited about this fantasy league that we're setting up too. We've actually set up a fantasy league for the Mike Abadier show that will include some of the listeners and some of our guests. We have Mike, who actually, Mike, you still haven't uh, you still haven't uh, clicked the email to log in yet. So I'm going to get on you. <laughs> I'm going to get on you until you do that before the draft next week. Okay, uh, Mike we'll Joyce do. and Nick Hines, Scott Shapiro's in the league, Craig Milkowski's in the league, uh, and then some of our listeners, Joe and um, and Dave Foster. So it'll be really fun because every week we'll be able to kind of check in, and and every time I kick your butt, Mike, I'll be able to talk some trash to you. And then, uh, you know, I'll be able to talk trash every time I kick somebody else's butt. And we'll, we'll have some fun kind of checking in each week and see who's doing well, uh, who had good weeks, who's struggling. And we'll, uh, we'll be able to give some fantasy advice throughout, too. This is the time of the year now when I think you and I are, are starting to get really excited because we like baseball. I like horse racing. I'm a basketball fan. But when we're able to talk football week in and week out, uh, college football, and then break down all the NFL games – there, this is, I think, there's the most to talk about. You know, it's funny that if 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 you've listened to the show for a while, you've probably heard either Gino or myself or both of us say, "This is the best time of year for sports." We've probably said that like four times. or five times, yeah. probably over the last year. That's true. It just shows you how passionate we are about sports. Yeah, I think. You know? I think it really this shows might you how be much the we love best that. time for our show. That's I probably agree. better. That's probably a better I, way of putting it. Because it's, we it's like, really like October and then like May and April when there's a lot going on. But I think as far as our show is concerned, with just our guests, I, we're we're able to do it all. But I think we're a little more football centric, just based on you and your past and and some of the people that you've been able to be in touch with and the the reports that we're able to kind of formulate when we're talking about each team. So um, yeah, this is fun. I mean, we have college football week one coming up this weekend, and I mean, you're gonna see all the big. The big teams playing this weekend, and the, the Dodgers had an awesome week. They picked up three and a half games. They're now only uh, a game back. Even last week, they were four and a half games back. So a really good week for them. And uh, and then you know we're just a week week and a half away from the start of the NFL season. So um, th- yeah, this and let's not forget by the way the U.S. Open. You know, a big big shout out yeah. to anybody who's a tennis fan out there. I'm a huge tennis fan. I love tennis. I played tennis when I was younger. Um, you know, just recreationally and a little bit of Junior Davis Cup type stuff. Really, really enjoyed it. And uh, a quick matchup that'll be really, really fun to watch because it always is when they face each other. The Williams sisters are going up against each other on Friday. So that should be a lot of fun. Serena's obviously had the upper hand, not just uh, in the, you know, world landscape, but also in the head-to-head matchups. They're usually pretty close and they both really want to win. So, uh, just uh, I know there's a few lists. I know Craig Milkowski is a big tennis fan. I'm sure many others are as well that listen in. Not the most popular sport nowadays, but worth worth the mentioning because uh, I do love tennis and the competition there is awesome. And one more quick thing about the U.S. Open. It's been really, really 
hot and humid in New York. So those guys have been drenched. And speaking of drenched, I don't know if you saw this last night. You know, obviously, the Bronx is just a, a short ways away from lush Flushing Meadows, New York, where they have the U.S. Open. CeCe Sabathia was on the hill last night. He's a pretty big dude. But if you saw his lid and how much sweat was coming off, <laughs> this is no exaggeration. It looked like you would have thought it was raining on him. It was an absolute downpour of sweat coming I'm a off big, of his head you and sweater? lid. Are you a big sweater? I'm a sweater, too. I'm a big sweater. That would have been me. I just, I mean, for a little guy, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised how much I sweat. No, no doubt about it. I mean, nothing compares to what I saw last. Night. If you haven't seen it, anybody listening or Gino yourself, if you haven't, if you didn't see it, I'm sure it's out there somewhere. Google, you know, CC Sabathia sweat last night or something like that. You'll find it. You have to. They showed it on Sports Center and they spent some time on it because it was just something that is out of the norm. I've never seen anything like it. But the tennis players have been like that too. Like you could wring out their shirts. And, uh, you know, they, they'll change shirts. The men have been able to change shirts three, four times. And by the way, there was kind of a little bit of a little, little bit of a controversy because, uh, you know, one of the females that wanted to change shirts, she got like a time violation or a delay of game or something like that. So, you know, a lot of people kind of cried, you know, if this is kind of feminist or misogynistic or whatever you want to say with, you know, you, how the treat you treat the, the, the women versus the men in that. So a few storylines coming out of the U.S. Open, but. Once again, the bottom line, as you could all hear, is that we're very enthusiastic, very passionate about sports, and almost all of them, whether we played them or just are casual observers or hardcore okay, that's, intense observers. That's a good point. It. That transitions into our next point. So yep. I, I pegged this to you uh, last night, and I'll share some of mine first, and then we'll go to you. Some, so this is a sports show, obviously. So what what are some of the reasons and some of our early sports memories. Like, so what are some of the things that you remember either from playing or your first jobs or just memories in sports? And I'll give you some examples on my end. For me, no doubt uh, was the racetrack. I remember my mom and dad met each other at the racetrack and within a few weeks I was going to the track. So I do have some memories as a kid, just being around the track, um, my, my family owning horses. Another really strong memory that I have is, uh, we had the, the black box um, at my oh, yeah. house so we could oh, get yeah. all the pay-per-views and everything for free. So when I was a kid, we had – I mean, I watched every big boxing fight, every WWF uh, F at that time show. And I think that has a lot of the reason why I'm such a big wrestling fan because we, we were able to watch all of the big shows for free. I remember sitting in my parents' room with my cousin, Gregory, who was a couple years older than me, and we'd watch all of the you know WrestleMania SummerSlam, Survivor Series, and I, I was two, three years old, and I can still like remember perfectly sitting in there. Same thing with USC games. I remember in being in my my parents' room with my dad, and it was funny. I remember watching some football games, but I I don't know why. Who knows why you get the specific memories in your head? I remember listening on the radio with my dad, laying down to some of the USC basketball games when they were so terrible they couldn't even be on TV. Because why would you put this team on TV? They were only t- they'd win two or three games the whole season. And I remember listening to their games on the radio. We're, we're trying to get the perfect signal because where we were, it didn't have the greatest signal. And, and then I think for me, my first actual sports memory, I was five years old and it was, uh, I was wrestling. And I was 39 pounds, and we have the picture. It's written on my arm, uh, and I weighed 30. I weighed in at 39 pounds, and I was five. And I actually I knew wrestling very well because my dad coached wrestling in high school. So I kind of came in 
thinking, oh, I'm going to be awesome. I'm going to be really good. I know all the moves. I've been wrestling with the high school guys. And in my first match I ever wrestled, I lost in 10 seconds. I got pinned, (laughs) stuck by this kid named Larry, who was the returning. He was six years old, and he was the returning five-year-old state champion. It was a weight differential there. Like three or four pounds, not much. I think you have to all be within five pounds, you know? Okay. And my mom's sitting in the stands. And my dad even is like, oh, Mo, we, th- we thought I was going to be good, you know, because I'd been re- I had I knew wrestling. And my mom's sitting there going, she's crying. I, I, I'm crying. I'm stuck. I just got through thrown in a head and arm. I'm on the on my back, literally like, oh, my gosh, my mom is in the stands freaking out. She's like, this is never going to happen again. I'm never letting you do this again. No way. And then I ended up winning my next three matches in a row and I finished third in the tournament. So it was just a good like a good intro into sports knowing you might get your butt kicked, but just stick to it and you'll be okay. And then I was okay after that from now on, from then on. It wasn't ever amazing, but I was always pretty good. And, uh, and it was just a fun memory to just – I always remember that first time ever stepping foot on any court, and it was on a wrestling – it was on the wrestling mat and just absolutely crying and getting my butt kicked. But that, that's sports, man, and I've, I've loved it ever since. You know, my earliest memories of sports actually shaped entirely – who I am and the profession I'm in. And the reason for that is because, you know, uh, for those who don't know, I've got a few years on Gino, about nine, 10 years older than Gino. So when I was growing up and I grew up in Northern California in the Central Valley in Modesto. And at that time we lived, it was before Modesto really grew. I mean, today it's like a quarter million people. At that time it was about 30,000. And where we lived was kind of out more towards the countryside and we didn't get cable. So it was the complete opposite of what Gino's talking about in terms of the black box. I mean, we were in heaven when we'd go visit cousins in San Jose and we're able to like watch them. We pretty much had Monday night football and the game of the week. That's it. And then your local, you know, A's and Giants games. But, but I was a Red Sox fan. So I remember getting to see the Red Sox maybe once a month at the most. And there's no internet, can't get updates. So we actually read the newspaper, looked through box scores and baseball cards. You know, we all we you know we played. You know, we were enrolled from very early age into you know soccer and 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 baseball and you know little league and things of that nature. But baseball cards were awesome because oh man, you, it was really. I mean, we actually listened to games on the radio. My brother and I listened to games on the radio. You know, KNBR six eighty, uh, the Giants uh, flagship station. We would listen to games, you know, if we weren't able to watch them on TV. And I remember my mom would come down and be like, go to bed. It's 11 o'clock. We're like, it's extra innings. It's a tie game with the Dodgers. We're yeah. not going to go to bed. No way. You know? And so, you know, for us, it was the radio is about your imagination. It was about baseball cards, reading the back of your baseball card, memorizing stats, being able to calculate yeah. ERA and all the different statistics. I mean, and, and, you know, so that was all part of my, 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 you know, my upbringing in statistics and, 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 and trading baseball cards and, and, and oh, just really quickly, because I know we, we have to go to a commercial break in a moment here. My very first transaction, actually, when I was 12 years old, I used to do card shows. I'd get a table, pay 300 bucks, sell cards, trade cards, that type of thing, football, baseball, basketball cards, et cetera. My, one of my most memorable transactions was I – the, the, the Oakland A's minor league team, single A team, was the Modesto A's at that time. Canseco came up through there, Mark McGuire, Walt Weiss. Even back in the day, Reggie Jackson went, went through the Modesto A's. The general manager at that time when I was growing up, his name was Mike Coblay. And I traded him a Jose Canseco 1986 rated rookie 
uh, Donruss card, which was very hot at the time because Kaseko went for 40-40, first time ever. And I got back a unmint rounded corners Nolan Ryan rookie, which is now wow. worth several thousand bucks. Uh, and in poor condition, it's probably still worth like a thousand bucks. It's a card I, I would never really trade, even though with the slightly rounded corners, I just love that card. And that was the first of my wheeling and dealing. And so the seeds were built. The seeds were planted. So were for you, the age of life. You were know, you rocking just, it like Frankensons and places like that all the time? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. uh, here's what I'll tell you. What I'll tell you is that it's interesting how the passions that you formulate when you're a kid, like you said, at the racetrack or, you know, myself, my uncles and my dad used to go to the racetrack when I was younger and I wasn't allowed to go at that time. And I was like hungry to go. So finally, yeah, when I finally went to fell in love with it. You could. It was awesome, you know? And so, you know, uh, man, yeah, I could keep going on and on and on. Why don't we take a commercial break? And I know a lot of people probably want to know how you got to TVG. Yeah. So let's transition from childhood into adulthood and probably more specifics as to how I got into the agent industry. We haven't really got personal with the show. We haven't really talked in this type of, you know, um, context, yeah, history and, and, and just you know, given, given uh, the listeners a, a bit more about who we are, because we always, you know, go right into the, the most mainstream issues and talking about our teams and talking with guests. So let's take our first commercial break right now. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit about Gino and TVG and myself and the sports agent world. And we will be right back. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in a few short moments. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Get ready for the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Want to get inside of the minds of the players and coaches? We'll talk everything sports, but with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college football. We'll review and preview the week's big games. We'll talk about the draft choices and free agents and go inside the teams for news, recruiting, and what's next from the colleges to the pro teams. It's the Get Down with Hurley Brown, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific, on Voice America Sports. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby on Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or send an email to Mike at the MikeAbadirShow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back, everyone. In the spirit of being socially interactive, Gino, do we have any reviews or anything that we can read on the air that maybe some uh, listeners have posted on any of these social media sites or platforms where you could listen to the show? 
Yeah, you know what really helps us a lot, Mike, is the the iTunes reviews. Um, if you go to iTunes, they ask for customer ratings and reviews. And if you if you can click on a five star rating for us and then just write down a little review, it really helps. It moves us up the charts. There's a few of them. Dodger Girl gave us one last year. Love the show. The chemistry between the host and the guests is refreshing. Very well done and informative with a lighthearted touch. I look forward to the next show. Hoping for some Dodger talk with the playoffs approaching. Little Wick. About time there's a show like this. Such great content. The hosts are awesome. Great energy and insight. Fires me up every time. A must-listen podcast. Suitsayer. Fresh, funny, and informative. Always great insight and unique sports takes. Definitely worth a listen. Brasco. 4082. Great show. These guys are awesome. And then uh, our buddy Shane Covey, who I saw you were talking to this morning on Twitter, said, Gino and Mike have an awesome show going on here. I really enjoyed listening to the guests breaking down the Breeders' Cup and giving advice on football parlay. So that's actually what we'd love to hear from. Uh, Like Shane, we know Shane wants to hear some more Breeders' Cup and some football parlay. So Shane, don't you worry about it. Next week, we'll be breaking down the football games. And we are getting very close to the Breeders' Cup now with uh, the end of Del Mar and the end of Saratoga coming up this weekend. So a big thanks to everyone out there for those nice ratings and reviews on iTunes. And we will get to uh, we'll get through all of them. If you continue to leave them for us, we'll read them for you on the show. So uh, nice to hear from some of the folks out there. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. Love it. Kind of a bummer to hear that those meets are coming to to a conclusion. It is a little sad. It kind of tells me that the summer is almost over, and it's kind of funny because the sports schedule just kind of softens the blow a little bit yeah. by giving us college football, by giving us the NFL, you know, by giving us the U.S. Open, transitioning us from the uh, you know hot summer nights into the uh, fall season. Obviously, it's going to be pretty hot for probably another 30, 45 days or whatnot, but um, that the calendar year just keeps going. It don't stop for anybody, and it don't stop for us. Don't stop for the show. And we're going to keep it going. We're going to keep delivering, do the best that we can to bring good guests and good quality content. And like our uh, tagline suggests, honest opinions with no nonsense, no gimmicks. Gino, before we look forward, let's take one more look back at how did you get onto TBG? Let's just go right into you know, transitioning from childhood into adulthood and how you got into the sports industry. Um, I actually, I was always going to do something in sports. Um, I played every baseball, basketball, football, soccer, wrestling, a little volleyball, softball, uh, basically everything growing up. And then my first job in sports was when I actually was in high school, um, a friend of mine, his dad was in charge of one of the AYSO leagues of, of, he was the in charge of the division and they had a bunch of teams and no coaches so a couple of my buddies and i got together and we coached a team of 10 and 11 year old kids i was only 16 and actually so i was this is a non-paying job or anything i'm just coaching ayso and one of my friends ends up rushing uh fraternity so i basically end up taking over the whole team there and i fell in love with it so within a couple years by the time i was 19 years old i was coaching for a club team and i was getting paid to uh, to coach soccer over here in monrovia for fc golden state so that was my first job really ever in sports and then as i was doing that um really at the same time i was at pcc passing the city college and with my buddy justin we, uh, we had a radio show. Justin's actually called in a few times, too. Justin from Brooklyn. Um, we had the play-by-play radio show where two two days a week we would come on, do an hour show. Uh, we would take calls and um, a few some guests here and there. But we'd do a little bit about what was happening at PCC with the local sports. But mainly we would just talk about, um, you know, mainstream sports, whatever we, whatever we wanted. Baseball, basketball, Lakers, Dodgers. We had a fun dynamic, too, because he was from Brooklyn and me being from California, we had a real nice East Coast, West Coast kind of back and forth. Um, and then 
while I was uh, working on the radio at PCC, I went into TVG with a friend uh, who was working there. Um, he said, hey, come on over. I'll give you a tour. And I was in there one day, and I was playing some races. And I, I hit uh, pick five at Gulfstream and paid like four grand the day that I was in there. And so with a couple of the people, we were in the back. We were rooting. And um, Rich Byerline, who makes a schedule over there, like offered me a job as a PA that just a couple hours later that day. It was like, hey, um, we, we know you care, obviously, about horse racing. It seems like you really know what you're talking about. You want to come in here and be a PA? We can have you cutting back tracks. And so I, I have a feeling that you, if you want to be on air, that's probably something we can get for you in a few years. And so I started as a PA. I was doing um, helping get B-roll, backtracks, footage, just whatever anybody needed. Uh, that was just you know doing it for them. And one of the days they uh, were doing the Gate Crashers show, and they needed a couple extra people to come on just to give a thought or a selection. So they said, "Hey, you want to give us a pick for this race?" And I had been waiting for 20 years for that moment. You know, I I had like everything set. I had like all the words, like the most perfect formulated thought and i just blah, 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 i just blurted it all out right then and, <laughs> and then after that they gave me a lot a lot more opportunities uh to continue and then the, the late double show started that same year i think this was 2010 yeah um, i think that right was when they're kind of trying to infuse some uh like some youth, youth yeah you know, like you and michelle and and christine and stuff yeah so we had a uh, the young show where it was for the hour Every Friday night, we would do the late double with all the young folks. It was from Hollywood Park, and then it was from uh, Greg Wolf was a part of that little too, Greg right? Wolf. Greg Wolf, Dave, Dave was in the mix Sports. too. Weaver's in the mix too. There, Tim Bader was also in the mix. Bader's Bader's gotten big, man. He's done commercials all over the place. Some national commercials, you see him all over Coors Light and other big ones. Um, but uh, yeah, so it just kind of started from there, and then uh, I was, you know, the intern. Uh, that was my title for a while, which was funny because I was. I was never really an intern. I was always a PA. I was always actually working there. Uh, but um, then I, I think in a weird way, it's funny. It was the end of 2010 when I got sick um, and I got non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and I had cancer. And, and they thought, I mean, nobody, the doctors and everyone was, nobody was really telling me that I was going to get better. Everybody thought it was, it was really bad. I, I wasn't going to, uh, you know, there was no light at the end of the tunnel, really. It was just, let's keep working. Let's keep working. We'll see. And then one day, everything um, like middle of February, 2011, everything was fine. And boom, about two weeks later, I was right back there and working. And in, uh, um, in a weird way, I think, I think like the, the, the tragedy and missing the time kind of helped me because they gave, I think a, a lot of people ended up supporting me moving forward. And I think it gave me an opportunity to where people were, I think, wanted to give me an extra, another another chance, and they listened a little bit more to what I had to say. I might not have gotten those opportunities had it, had that not happened. Who knows? You know, everything you happens know. for a reason, right? Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it's things are, things happen weird, and it's a blessing in disguise. And I think that might have maybe uh, kind of shot me back up. So um, yeah, after that, it was it was full time on air, and um, most of the time you saw me in the studios working in the evenings. But I got out to the track every now and then, sometimes out to Del Mar and. Uh, Obviously not not as much as I would have liked to, but um, that was that yeah that was a lot it was a lot of fun and then from TVG into uh, Elite Racing Network where some people probably uh, saw and listened for a little while and then um, over here with you to the Mike Abadir show so so Mike that was my kind of history in sports what do you remember as your first job in sports and how did you get to where you are now as a sports agent and hosting this show. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, you know, I'll start the uh, three-minute kind of uh, 
summary here, executive summary with uh, my college days. I went to UC San Diego uh, down in La Jolla. And at that time, San Diego State was pumping out a lot of really good football players. Marshall Falk, Darnay Scott, Leroy Glover, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I had a friend on the team. He was an offensive lineman at that time. So I got to spend a lot of time with these football players and, you know, kind of had some insight into some of the things that they were dealing with. You know, somebody from maybe like a a poor area, uh, you know, socioeconomically kind of depressed area of, let's say, New Orleans or somewhere in Louisiana or in the South, let's just say. And he's coming to college in San Diego, completely shell-shocked, completely different type of environment. And he's got, you know, a 60-year-old white guy trying to tell him what to do business-wise. Yeah. You know, and these guys were just kind of like... Out of touch. "Ah, I don't know. Can I trust this guy? What does he want? Why is he giving me Rolexes? You know, oftentimes you hear about the guys taking stuff, but you don't hear ever about the guys who are spooked by it. And there's plenty who are. They're just like, it's too good to be true, right? Especially the guys who are a little bit more cerebral. I've always said that the guys that take stuff are probably the guys that don't have that much upstairs. You know, um, the guys that do have something upstairs, you know, kind of you're not getting something for nothing. No, they they understand that. Right. And that was the first time that I thought, you know what? I can relate with these guys. I'm friends with them. I can be the I could be the messenger that doesn't get slayed. You know, this is something that I think is my calling because I have so much passion for sports. And so uh, to make a long story short and. This is a good, these are good stories to kind of share over a beer when I could really take my time uh, because there's some pretty cool stuff in between. But I was really, really fortunate and lucky to get an internship with the Oakland Raiders. Simultaneously, I got a... a so you were how old at this point? I was 21. Unbelievable. I was 21. I finished college early. And simultaneously, I also got a game day job with the Golden State Warriors. Uh, the title of that position was a game day ambassador. And uh, that was a paid position, didn't pay much. Um, I think it was a minimum wage or something like that, but it was a lot of fun. And basically what the game day ambassador did is, you know, when you go to like a Laker game or any live NBA game, they'll maybe have like a McDonald's three-point contest for a fan from the stands, right? So, and then somebody goes out and puts some mats, you know, maybe a circle with the McDonald's M on it for a three-pointer. You know, you have to stand over here and another one maybe by the free throw line. So you have to have people that set that stuff up. So we would get the orders from upstairs and they'd say, okay, at the seven minute, 48 second mark, we're gonna, or the third time out in the first half or whatever it was that was the uh, orders from above, you go down, you bring, your, bring a fan down. This is how you select the fan. You bring them down, you put the mats in these areas, you walk them over, you usher them over. And then when it's over, you collect all the mats, you bring them back, that type of thing. And then for the Raiders, I was an intern in the marketing department, which was a really good segue into what I do, because ultimately we were trying to drive revenue for the Raiders as a team using the marketability of the NFL, of the Raiders Shield, et cetera, to land corporate sponsorships. So I got to get some exposure with Nike and Southwest Airlines and 24-hour fitness. And ultimately, that's what I do for my athletes instead of as a team, but as an individual, right? I'm looking to get them sponsorships. So that was really, really good experience there. And... um, you know, uh, I, I ended up being with the Raiders for about four years and change. And then I went to law school when I was right around 26 years old. I finished law school uh, in three and a half years. And then I got licensed by the National Football League Players Association, better known as the NFLPA. They're the, the licensing governing body of all agents. So really, it should be NFL Players and Agents Association because I'm a part of the NFLPA. So 
I'm a part of the players' union just as much as the players are a part of the players' union. Um, and I could get way more into that later because there's a lot of politicking going on, especially right now as we speak. There's a lot of internal rumblings, but I don't want to start anything, especially over the air right now. Uh, that would be for another conversation. But once I got licensed, that's when I started, uh, you know, I had a choice. Do I want to work with a big sports management firm or do I want to break off solo? Made probably the wrong decision by breaking off solo. It was wrong, at least initially, because I thought that players would flock to me. Young guy, got good energy, very different. knowledgeable. Yeah, just different. You know, I worked for the Raiders. You know, what, what more could they want? But the reality of it was that, you know, they'd look at me and then look, they'd look at somebody who did 40, 50 contracts and sure. that person would win out every single time. Sure. So it really had to start from the bottom up. And at that time, the Arena League was still reputable, was thriving, was on NBC. This is before the league went bankrupt. And I ended up uh, being very fortunate to land a DB named Omar Smith. He was the best two-way player in the league. They called it the Iron Man. And uh, he... I ended up negotiating his deal. It was the highest deal ever for a defensive player in the league. And he uh, was a four-time running Arena Bowl champion, uh, now as a Hall of Famer. And uh, that was my first ever uh, experience negotiating a contract. Um, I wonder if he knows that, by the way, because I yeah, couldn't really right. be like, hey, you're my first. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't want to let him know that. And right now, he's by a champion. By the way, this is my first time. I'm a virgin, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> right. And, but he's he's, uh, he's 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 in the coaching um, business right now. He's kind of got back, gone back and forth with a variety of different leagues, but he coaches an arena league team right now in Baltimore. Very happy for him. He's been very successful. He was on Fox Sports for a while, got into broadcasting, Fox Sports AZ, um, and then wanted to get uh, had the edge to get back into coaching. But anyways, that's how it all started. And then nice. from there, I started working with NFL guys uh, more and more and more. Everything ranging from, you know, undrafted free agent type guys to hopefully a future Hall of Famer and Simeon Rice. Um, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I've had just an incredible ride. I remember at one point thinking, this is so hard to do. If I could just do one NFL contract, I could die a happy man. Right. Well, and then you get the now, one. Right? Yeah, you get that one, and you're like, okay, I want to do okay, two. Okay, now I need a bigger one. Now no, I need three, million. and then I, I want a bigger one. You know? yeah, so I've been time. very, very fortunate, very, very lucky. And, uh, you know, it's not as sexy as people think it is. It's really, really a difficult profession. A it's work, very difficult man. to make money because contracts, for the most part, are not guaranteed. And people's shelf life in the league is now, if you take out quarterbacks, punters, kickers, and long snappers, the shelf life for an NFL player is 2.6 years. I think what what did I tell you the other day? Uh, I heard I heard a stat that said on the Dallas Cowboys they have one actual just like you mentioned position player that is under thirty on their full roster. That's that's all. Everybody, the only other above thirty are the kickers, the punters, and and the holder, and that's it. Now think that's about it. that for a minute. Think about that from my perspective for just for a quick moment. So I'm scouting somebody from when he's. You know, um, in the Pac-12, UCLA, USC, a seventeen local years school, old, forever, right? So you know, uh, you they're, know, they're three or four years in college. You're you're scouting them, trying to figure them out for a shelf life that might only be three or four years. Yeah, and you go through this entire process of competing with other agents. You finally land this guy, right? And then you have to get him prepped for his All-Star games, the Senior Bowl or East-West Shrine game or whatever. Got to get him prepped for the combine, combine yeah. then the pro days, the interviews. And then you land him. Yeah. You go through the draft. Does he get drafted? Is he an undrafted free agent? You get that deal done. And with a blink of an eye, he's out of the league completely and thinks then, he could still play and he's banging on you. Why am I not under contract? 
They, you know, and, or, and uh, on the other side, you even get the guys who who are probably better than a lot of the, the players that were drafted ahead of them or players that actually have happens all contracts, the time. But because the they have guaranteed contracts, but because they are, you know, the other coaches guys, they don't get a, even a, a sniff or they don't even great, get a great, great look, you know, point. You're, like, you're, you're going to get on both ends of it, too, especially yes. because you're dealing with, you know, not the first round draft pick or not the quarterback. They, they'll go, uh, you know what? Yeah, maybe he's a little bit better, but we've already got this guy under contract and we know him a little bit better. So we're not even going to give your guy really a, a shot. Yeah, you, know? and you hit it on the point, by the way, because there's so much turnover coaching wise in the NFL. I mean, every year there's like, what, seven uh, head coaches that get swapped out. So everybody's right? everybody guys wants to build their own staff. The yeah. You know, wants to build their own staff, wants to build their own team. And they pretty much, you know, Gruden's cleaning house from all the Del Rio guys. And he's going to bring in all his guys. It's probably going to be a one to three Patrician, year process. Patricia's going to bring in b- his before guys. Before you know it, there's going to be nobody that was playing for Del Rio outside of uh, Carr, you know, or maybe Amari Cooper or, you know, just a handful of you know, small number of guys. Um, and that's the NFL. That's the NFL world we live in. A lot of people think, oh, NFL means money bags. But let's face it, outside of the top 15% earners, you know, go look it up. Most of these guys don't make as much no. as one thinks. You know, you might get like a, as a rookie, you know, anywhere outside of, let's just say, the top three rounds, top two rounds, maybe like a three-year, you know, $2 million, you know, um, is, is what you'll end up seeing. $2 million of three years, that's fantastic, right? But not if I told you as a real estate agent, you can make money between the ages of 24 and 27, and then you got to find a completely different gig. Forever, that's what the yeah. The thing so, that you trained your whole life and you got great at, and now you can't do that anymore. You exactly. know, and not to mention, you might have some physical ailments moving forward to where your capacity or your mental or your physical might not be a hundred percent anymore. At, you know, in other jobs. Exactly, and that so, cowboy stat that you cited, it's going to be more and more frequent, and uh, that where we see that teams don't have anybody uh, or very few people under the age or over the age of thirty. And before you know it, the whole league is going to be like that. And then that year is going to go down to 29 to 28, you know, probably plateau right around 28, 29, somewhere in that ballpark. Guys are retiring earlier than ever before at a greater frequency. People want to protect their bodies and most importantly, their heads. And, uh, you know, this this depression suicide thing is no joke from the CTE. And I tell guys, get in and get out. Make your money. Have a clean name and reputation in the industry. And you'll be fine. Whether you play in Green Bay or Jacksonville or Cincinnati. It doesn't matter matter. anymore. You know, just go and make your money. Have a good name in that community. Have them really, really like you in that community. And at least in that community, they'll always welcome you with open arms. You know how every team has those kind of like hometown heroes uh, for that ball club that aren't necessarily big names nationwide. But they're really, really – maybe there's that Dodger guy that everybody loves here that nobody knows in the East Coast, you know, or a Laker or whomever, a guy that's maybe a little bit more obscure, but he's beloved. There's a lot of NFL guys like that in their locale. And so I always say if you want to get in become an insurance agent or a real estate agent, where better to do it than in Cincinnati if you played in Cincy or if you played in wherever, yeah. right? And so if you keep your name clean, you'll always be able to do that or get into coaching or get into broadcasting or media or whatever else. So – you know, we're, bottom we're line, getting, get in, get out, get out quickly because uh, it's it's not the safest job to have. And your head and your 
mental happiness is way more important than anything else. So I know I've gone way over on time here. This is, this is perfect because we're transitioning right into the start of football season and we had week zero in college football last week. This is week one. So I'm going to give a little tease, Mike. These are the biggest games of the week coming up. There are some good ones. When we return from the break, I want you to tell me which of these games you're looking most forward to. We have Washington, Auburn, Michigan, Notre Dame, Miami, LSU, Virginia Tech, Florida State, and West Virginia, Tennessee, a really good slate of games in week one of college football. Big time. Now, that sounds like a uh, – well, and you know what? It starts with tonight, right? I think we have uh, games Central on Thursday. Florida and UConn, right? And then we're going to see Bama, Clemson, Georgia, Wisconsin, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Penn State, USC, Texas. They're all going to be in action this week. Yeah. You know what's actually going to be a fun matchup, and then we'll go to commercial tomorrow night, San Diego State and Stanford, California matchup. Fun, San Diego man. State is a little bit underrated. That should be and a little Stanford bit fun. Stanford generally starts a little slow to the yes, season. Yes, they do. Yeah, yes, and you know they, they don't blow teams out because they run the ball a lot. That could be a close game. I agree. It should be fun. Yep. Well, okay, let's take a commercial. We'll be back in a very short two minutes, and we'll talk a little bit more about college football and uh, all the other headlines in the sports industry. Stay with us, and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network and let's talk football. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you? It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific. Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back, everyone. And before we really dive into college football here, if you're a college football fan, one of the best sources for information, uh, we always talk about The Athletic being one of the platforms that we really enjoy. Another one has been the NFL Draft Bible. Oh, yeah, big very news for them, right? Yeah, very comprehensive and uh, big news for them. They just merged uh, uh, with the NFL Draft Scout, which is a platform that I believe CBS uses for their college football information and scouting. So big, congrats, big, to Rick. Uh, congrats to Rick Ciratella and 
Chris Schoenfeld and all the guys over at NFL Draft, uh, NFL Draft Bible uh, for now being a part of uh, NFL Draft Scout. Check them out, NFLDraftScout.com. Not sure when they'll take down the NFLDraftBible.com, but I'm sure you could go on there and click and find out where to follow these guys and get their information and all that good stuff. So wanted to give a, a quick um, you know, congratulations to those guys over there. Let's talk a little college football. Yeah, we got we can't we can't spend too much time because I want to hit a little Dodgers too at the end. We only have okay. about 10, 10 minutes left or so, but big week, man. That's what's great about college football. And and um, I mean, college football and basketball and in football too. These games at the beginning of the season are so important, man. You lose one game and it's the wrong opponent and you're absolutely done. They get right into it. There's no there's no like there's yeah. no. Like, yeah, no there's no foreplay. You know, no, there's no kiss by all. the ear. No teaser. No <laughs> get right into it. Yeah, not at all. Not at all. And, I mean, Washington has two legitimate Heisman candidates returning. They have one of the deepest teams returning, and they're at the top projected of what's probably going to be supposed to be at least a pretty weak Pac-12 this year. Washington plays Auburn early on, and, man, Auburn has a tough schedule this year. They play at... Uh, they play at Bama and at Georgia, and then they play Washington. So we'll talk about a brutal schedule. Like next year, they'll get Bama and Georgia at home. But wow, they got to play at Bama and at Georgia and have a game against Washington this year. Auburn is, has a tough, tough schedule. I actually like Washington in this game. I don't think the Pac-10-12 is going to be that great, but I think Washington with an experienced team, with a very good coach, Peterson's had this entire summer to get ready for Auburn. I like Washington. I think they're going to play well. I think they're going to win this game straight up. Yeah, this is a really, really interesting matchup. And if you look at most of the top 10 teams, you know, Wisconsin's got Western Kentucky. You know, Michigan State's uh, actually 11th, but they got Utah State. Uh, You know, a lot of these teams don't have necessarily the most difficult early season matchup or game one matchup. Definitely not for these guys. So I give them major, major props for starting the year off with a bang. If you're going to get a loss, you might as well get it out of the way early. And that's a sm- Clemson, they got a big matchup with Furman. Before you move on. Where is Furman? I got Den- a tweet. I, this is because I, you, you said this, so it reminded me. It was a tweet from Dennis Dodd. Avert your eyes from the top five this week. Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Wisconsin, and Ohio State are favored by a combined 187 and a half points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah I mean, at least with Ohio State, they're playing a Pac-12 team. But yeah, Furman, first, uh, please tell me somebody where, where Furman is. But uh, <laughs> Alabama, you know, I, I guess they got Louisville, which maybe isn't – I mean, they're like 24, 25-point favorites. But at least Louisville is a respectable program. Even then, though, I mean, so much props to Washington That's and great. Auburn for That's scheduling great this great matchup. I think because it's in Auburn, Gino. I think there's going to be a little bit of a shell shock factor on the very first game for UW. And I'm going to take Auburn. I think they win this game. I think both teams are super talented on both sides of the ball. But I think Auburn will win it in a, in a close, you know, probably defensive type of matchup. And in college football, defensive type of matchup is different than when I say that in NFL, obviously. But I could see this one being, you know, maybe 24 to 21, 24 to 17, somewhere in that range. Uh, in favor of Auburn. Lots of good matchups this weekend, though. Yeah, Michigan-Notre uh, Dame, um, Miami-LSU, Vautech-Florida yep. State. And, you know, I'll be keeping an eye on the USC game with the uh, the true freshman JT Daniels named the starting quarterback. So it's a good week for him because UNLV is is not 
a doormat, but they're, they're a team that USC should be able to handle by double digits. You know, they should be able to beat them by 15 or 20. I think they're like a 25 point favorite. Um, uh, I'm going to say they're going to cover the spread. It's going to be, yeah. It, it, I, I, I think, uh, I, I don't necessarily agree that UNLV is not a doormat. I, but let me just give you a final score. USC 49, UNLV 10. Okay. Well, the, the, what I, my point was going to be, this year it might be a different USC team than we're used to because defensively they are very, very good. Their secondary is excellent. Their defensive line is good. They have a strong linebacking core. Um, where they lacked last year was their offensive line struggled. And, well, obviously you never know when you have a new quarterback. But they have some strong, really strong receivers that have come in, and their running back depth is excellent. So at the skill positions, USC – I think a preseason ranking of 15, that feels about right for them. It's probably I, fair. I, I think it feels, fair. yeah, I think that that's about where they are at the start. They're not yeah. in that top tier, but you don't really know with a new team like this. And you know what? Daniels could be incredible. And if he is, um, then their their schedule is not that difficult. I mean, this is a team that will likely be favored in, in every one of the games that they play. Maybe the tech, I mean, there's going to be a, a couple difficult games that they have, but um, they should have every opportunity and they, they have the talent. So we'll see if, the coaching with Helton can take the next step. They'll be they'll be kicking their season off on Saturday. But w- when we transition, Mike, we only got about a month left in the baseball season now. When we talk baseball, you and I generally talk a lot Dodgers and Red Sox. So, I mean, the Red Sox have had an incredible year. A little bit of a lull in the last week or two. No sale. Do you have any worries at all as a Red Sox fan right now? None whatsoever. I didn't None so. whatsoever. You want to yeah, go they- cold at some point, and right now is a good time. Yeah, and you know, for them, Cold is going like five and five in the last yeah, time. You yeah. know, something in, in that window. That's typically like that's been cold this year, and you're very fortunate. They are the only team in the uh, in the majors that has not lost four in a row. So they've been consistent all year. They've not got into these like crazy slumps or anything like that. So they're two. So they're you know, the opposite of the Dodgers. Top to bottom. You know, the saying. one thing that that um, you know, I guess you're not happy to see is their bullpens getting getting roughed up. Their starters ERA is maybe like 10 over the last like week or so. They've been in some shootouts, you know, in some games where they're even, you know, like yesterday where they're scoring 14 runs, they're still giving up a lot of runs, that type of thing. So some of those numbers are a little bit skewed, you know, especially ERA wise and things of that nature. They've been in some slugfest, warm weather and that type of thing. But um, no, I'm not worried whatsoever about the Red Sox. Uh, The only thing that kind of sucks is I wanted them to maybe achieve a milestone with wins and maybe break an all time record. But they're on track to break their all-time franchise record, at least, so that'll be cool. So I know we only got less than three minutes, so um, what are your thoughts about the Dodgers? Man, last week, we didn't get a chance to talk about the Dodgers. In a week ago, they were four and a half games out. And now, in just one week, they're only one game out. And this was a huge week. They won five in a row. They beat up on San Diego and Texas, two teams that they needed to beat up on. And now it's dead even. I mean, they have 13 games left with Arizona and Colorado. They start a a four-game series with Arizona. They have seven total left with them, and then they have six left with Colorado. And Arizona and Colorado have seven games against each other. So this Dodger team now is finally looking like the team that we thought they were, Mike. Uh, is maybe- it fair, though, to say if if they're able to, to manage with uh, their bullpen, then they should win that division? 100%, no doubt about and, it. And by the way, I just want to remind you, I felt that they should shut down Canley Jansen for the remainder of the year. Remember that? We talked about it. It was a yeah, scary. I was really strongly uh, opinionated about it, and I stand by it. And you know, and that's not because he got roughed up three times in a row. He was experiencing something very, very serious. You can't just yeah. bring him back to high, you know, the high, the most highest leverage, high stress situation like that 
um, independent race. Just can't yeah, do it. So what I think they didn't, Kenley didn't pitch um, last night. And wh- what had happened is he came off his medication. And so the, that heart medication is very, very strong. So it was really um, affecting him. So I think what they decided to do is give him at least a few days more off the medication just to kind of let him get used to being off of it after being on it for a few weeks. So again, he wants to play, and I, and this is scary. I wouldn't, I would never want him, even as a fan, to push him to play. But it, but if he, if the doctor, if he's out there, they're letting him out there. They would, yeah. he wouldn't be out there. They would, you know, the Dodgers would not let him pitch if the, the doctors had not cleared him and he had not spoke with his doctor about coming off the medication. So that hopefully, kind of like what you said about the Red Sox, the Dodgers are winning right now, even with this issue. So if we can get through this issue in another week or so, I feel really good about the last three weeks of the season, especially with Machado. Last four games, six for 18, three home runs, 10 RBIs. And since Justin Turner came off the DL, he has the best batting average in the National League. Going through Machado well, we got, and Turner, we got to wrap up. You know, we, uh, I'm looking pass. at the clock right now, and we got like 15 seconds left here. So let's uh, continue this conversation next week. But let's thank everybody for listening. And uh, th- this won't be a show unless we got you as the listener. So uh, like Gino said at the top of the show, really, really from the bottom of our hearts, thank you for joining us. And we'll see you at the same time, same place next week. Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a great week.